Welcome to episode nine of The Conscious Cut, where we keep it real about sustainability in life and style, bringing you our point of view as women of color every first Wednesday of the month. We are your hosts, Jalisa and me. Thanks for joining us. Our special guest today is Narissa White Isaacs, an innovative fashion designer specializing in intimate apparel. Narissa has a passion for body positivity, equality, and art, which inspires each and every design. Though originally from Queens, New York, it is through a pit stop in Seattle that our paths cross. You're creating quite the track record, my friend. You won a Femi Award in 2018. Congrats on that. Have had your work featured in numerous magazines to include Women's Wear Daily and recently landed a gig with Savage Eggs Fenty. But before we deep dive, would you mind letting the conscious crew know how you identify? Yes, I identify as she, her. I identify as Black, and then my ethnicity is Jamaican. So one of the things that the three of us, me, you, and I, have in common is our careers. We all work in fashion. We all went to art school. But how often was Seattle used as a case study in class? Do you all remember? Like, if you go back, I don't know. We all went to school at different times. But just, like, sitting in class when you are having your teachers lecture you, do you recall Seattle being brought up in the conversation? Um, okay, no. <laughs> Not <fair. laughs> if it is brought up, it's always, like, our terrible fashion set. <laughs> Yeah, I want to say Seattle might have been brought up because Washington was like a state we learned about in history class. And maybe like, you know, that um, the the Space Needle and like all of that, you know, at that time, everyone was trying to compete and like building the biggest and the coolest buildings. So that was probably the only time that Seattle was ever brought up in school. Womp womp. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, everything, when we're talking about fashion, from my experience, everything is always centered around Los Angeles and New York. And that's no shade to those cities. I actually wanted to work in LA for a hot minute, just to experience it, you know? <laughs> I thought about even working on the on the boardwalk in Venice, Venice Beach, even if it was just like selling merch in one of those stands or some crystals or something like that. And then, do you remember the movie Brink? <laughs> then I get my brink on. Because now everyone likes to roller skate and rollerblade and skateboard and all that stuff. Like, it's like, yeah, that I, I could see myself doing that for a minute. But uh, there was also a time when I was like, oh, well, maybe I could do something kind of like what I'm doing right now, but for vans or like any of the beachy brands that exist out there. But they have all the cool stuff. And that's no shade to Seattle, but there's only a handful of well-known retailers and brands that are headquartered here close enough to, to hear um you know the, the breadth of options pale in comparison to the fashion hubs so i'm not really sure 100 percent why that is but i'm going to pose a question to you narissa since you're joining us here today as a recent or as the more recent fashion school graduate how has your introduction to the industry by way of seattle shaped your perspective and career Um, I love this question. 
So by no means did I choose Seattle. Seattle chose me, but <laughs> which is really funny. I am really grateful for the opportunities that came from Seattle. I think as a fashion kid in New York, I thought my life was going to be like the devil's wear Prada, like everyone was going to be really mean and like terrible. But then when I went to Seattle as like an intern, like fresh out of college, I just saw like everyone was so nice to each other. And like, maybe it was like the West Coast nice, not like, like, I don't know if it was fake or whatever, but I was into it because they actually like hung out with their coworkers and like, you know, I just felt like more connected to um, that type of lifestyle. Like I didn't want that like fast paced life forever where I would always feel like I'm competing with the next person and they just want to like tear me down. I didn't feel that way in Seattle at all. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for Nordstrom. I'm grateful for that first experience. Um, I think it was interesting coming there because no one dressed nicely. And I felt like such a unicorn in that city because I felt like, wow, like I, I didn't want to stay very long because I felt like the fashion industry wasn't there. Maybe the big, there were some big companies that were headquartered there, but as far as my social life goes, I didn't fit in. I didn't feel like I fit in. So love Seattle for the weather and the peace it brought me, but I didn't want to stay very long. I think being so young and fresh out of college it, it's something that I'll always remember and always appreciate, but I don't think I'd go back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that's the end of that question. Yeah. Well, can, can, I, can I help you expand on that? Yes, please Ask, like, help me expand questions. on that. Yeah. Questions. So if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly for you, it's more than just, you know, you wake up, you go to a job, you maybe hang out with your um, coworkers for a little bit and like, that's it. Like rinse and repeat. You want a more immersive experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely like, you know, I don't know when I was, I interned for so many companies in New York and I just saw like, it was so cutthroat, like, I felt like it was an environment where environment where like if a woman was to get pregnant, everyone would like look down on her. You know what I mean? Like it was that type of work environment that I like dealt with in New York where it was super competitive, super like, oh, um, oh, now you're pregnant. Now you can't do what you're meant to do. And that's kind of how I felt for a long time. If I stayed in New York, I would never get married I would never have kids I would just be like a Miranda like I would never I never thought I was maybe it's not not the best way to go about it but I thought that I would be dedicated so hard to fashion that I wouldn't have anything outside of that I would just be like a workaholic forever which is fine that's just how I thought my life would go but because of the west coast because of how people are with their coworkers and how like, you know, at Nordstrom, so many people were pregnant and so many people had families and were able to maintain their job and, you know, their rapport with their coworkers. And I was like, wow, like, okay, I can actually like have both. I can have my career and I can have like a family one day. Like that's, and that inspired me to stay. 
Okay, so then having your internship and then later your full-time job in Seattle influenced, like it changed your perspective on the industry. Is that what you're saying? Completely. Yeah, it completely changed my perspective on the industry. I, I, I tell my friends in New York, like, leave New York. Like, you'll be <laughs> like, just leave. Like, I tell them that all the time. And they're like, no, New York is like the end all be all. Like, we have to stay here. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm just so happy for like the perspective I've gained. Maybe that started out with me being in Italy at 18. I just knew that like I was okay with being like more of a nomad, like going where I wanted um, versus doing what I was told. Like if I did what I was told, I would have stayed in New York and like that would have been my life. But I, I don't, I'm just glad that Seattle chose me. I'm, I'm really grateful <laughs> for that. Okay. So then it helped to, to reimagine your perspective your outlook on the fashion industry going from being you know you live eat breathe fashion and here you can have a life (laughs) like it isn't just fashion 24 7 in the sense that you can actually have a relationship with your co-workers and maybe you know if you want to have kids go have kids and that kind of a thing but what about because you mentioned the fashion sense and you felt like a like a unicorn. What about that part? Let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had coworkers at Nordstrom that also like were from New York, had careers in New York, and they like, we would just giggle about it. We were like, oh, so do you go out to dinner? Like, what do you feel? Like, because men don't dress up, the women don't dress up. And so if I felt like what happened to like going out and dressing up and like looking your best for like a nice dinner or like an occasion. So I felt kind of like a unicorn there because I never stopped dressing up. I think I became more casual just on the weekends, but I always wanted to dress up for work. And I felt like that was super important. And, you know, like people at Nordstrom dressed up because I feel like when you live in Seattle, that's like your only escape from Seattle is dressing up for work. Like really, you know? So I felt kind of out of place in that city, to be honest, like socially, especially because I I wasn't like that. I wasn't like the people there. I wasn't that kind of like, I hike every weekend. I wear flannel. I wear my hiking boots to the to dates. Like I, I'm not that person. So I just didn't feel like I could. That that was a big. That's like sounds silly, but that was like a big thing for me. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna stay here. Like, no. Nah. Like this is too. No. <laughs> like I need a city where like people dress up like and it's appreciated. You know. Like I would dress up there and people would just look at me and be like, what are you doing? Like, it's not that serious. <laughs> well, no, that's important, right? Especially being, you know, again, we all went to art school and I, I'll just speak for myself or may, maybe you since you, you've established that dressing up is pretty important to you. Uh, you know, it's all about expression, right? And so... I don't know, for me, I kind of go in and out of it, whether or not I want to get like super fancy or just be dressed down. But 
again, that goes back to the expression. And I don't know, maybe all of us who have gone to art school feel more like we could flow into that a little more easily, Was whereas maybe people who did not um, don't. But from your being your years of being in Seattle and interacting with different people, whether they work in fashion, what do you think was the, is the reason behind people being more relaxed in their in their fashion compared to where you came from in New York? Did you did you come to any conclusions on that? Well, I think it's the environment that you're in, right? Like I think Washington is one of those beautiful states where people it's the industries that are there too. Like it's, it's heavily tech now, heavily tech industry. Like you have your Amazon, your Microsoft, um, a lot of the big companies are based out there that have nothing to do with fashion. So I think it's a little bit of the environment. I think it's the weather. The weather played a big part in pe- the way people dress there, right? Like everyone wore their like waterproof backpack, their waterproof jacket and <laughs> It's just sad, like they don't make that those things like super cute. Like when have you really seen like a super cute like rain jacket? Like I refused to buy a rain jacket for almost a whole year when I was there. So I think it's the environment. I think it's definitely the environment. It's just, it is what it is. It's cultural. Like that's just not necessarily like a fashion capital by any means. Like, of course, like you have your REI, you have your Eddie Bauer, I believe like Tommy Bahamas there. I, I'm not sh- sure about Columbia. Um, however, that's kind of the vibe. It's like the North Face, the REI, the Eddie Bauer. Nordstrom is really kind of like the unicorn there. Like when I was in school and then I heard about this opportunity, I was like, Seattle, what? Like, why are they in Seattle? Like, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get it, to be honest. <laughs> now that you okay. touched on that, um, I have so many questions for you but you just mentioned that you know Seattle not being a fashion capital of the world and based on your experience and your perspective um do you see maybe that being shifted at all in Seattle like do you think we have what it takes to be a fashion capital of the world or are we kind of like doomed to be the capital of tech and aerospace okay in my opinion, I'm very blunt about this. I don't see I don't see Seattle being a fashion capital. Um, I I think that if that were the case, they would need a bigger comp- another big company to to start out there. Like not another maybe it's not another Nordstrom, but something else a little bit more push, a little bit more trendy. I think that there's job opportunities for sure. If you're in fashion, you may not have to move to LA. You may not have to move to New York. It's sort of like a Ohio situation where you have like your, your, your Victoria's Secret and like Lane Bryant. And it's kind of random. Seattle's kind of like one of those cities. It's random. You know, I heard that they do the same thing out there. They dress up for work, like, and then no one else in the city actually dresses up, which is funny. Um, but I don't think that like Seattle will be a fashion capital. I think it will continue to be the tech city. And I think that it'll just be known as the city for opportunities. Like Seattle is a great city if you're young and you're hungry and you just want to like go after things. I think it's a really good place to be focused because of the weather. You can really put your head down and like 
get deep into what you want to do, I think it's a really great city because you won't be distracted as much. There's just not that much to do. And at least when I lived there, I, there wasn't a ton to do. Like, you know. <laughs> well, thanks for your honesty. We really need it here. What about, what do you think about, um, what if, do you think it'll take a, a, a different shift? Let's say if we were to think out of the box, right? Like the whole influencer um, trend is going on. What if like people worked remotely in Seattle, but they worked for one of those, you know, the bigger brands and bigger companies, like let's say in Italy or New York, but they live in Seattle. And do we, you do, do you think that would help if we had like a group of people that did that here that are always like into fashion and making Seattle trend for it, but not necessarily, you know, having a company based here? Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. I think that's, that could definitely help is influencer power is really amazing. And it has a, a big outreach and a lot of young people and millennials and Gen Z are looking to influencers right now. And I think that could work. I think that could definitely be a possibility. Uh, Seattle it has the backdrop to be something like that. It's beautiful. So I could definitely see influencers paving the way for Seattle to be a fashion capital. I could definitely see that. I I do know there are some like independent fashion designers and they there are bloggers based out of Seattle and you know it's very local but I I think it could grow and I I really yeah for sure. Seattle could be a fashion capital that way. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, you had mentioned um, that the difference between what East Coast and West Coast, but you mentioned the word nice. Do you think that the West Coast or the Pacific Northwest, that the word nice or just being nice is keeping us back from being a fashion capital? I thought that was really interesting. That's a good perspective. I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, I That could be a part of it for sure. I think New York has that edge for a reason you know you sort of don't know what you're gonna get when you walk into the, a company in New York I think maybe 50 to 60 percent of the time it is that devil's wear Prada kind of mentality and then if you're lucky like I mean maybe 30 percent 35 percent of my internships were actually pleasant and positive and like I actually learned something there so I mean, it sort of like creates this sense of comp competitiveness because you have that added um, tenseness or not niceness or uh, co it's, co it's competitive. So I think because New York has that uh, reputation and they've had that reputation for years, it, it's just, it is what it is. But if Seattle became something like that, where then sure. I mean, there's definitely moment. There's definitely you can have those type of moments inside of um, corporate fashion companies in Seattle because they they might be hiring people from New York. So you just don't know. But I think culturally speaking, in terms of Seattle, everyone is very nice. So, and it's like a passive aggressive nice in a lot of cases. So 
that's like the opposite of New York, you know, like people look you in your eye, they're like, get out my way. They don't care. So I think, yeah, I, I, I think that if Seattle can be a little more edgy, then sure, they could, they could, they could compete. <laughs> I was going to say, what about LA though? LA definitely does not have the same, it doesn't, I don't know. I wouldn't, and people from LA don't at me, don't go crazy but they don't have the same sort of edge if they like have edge at all as New York. It's a totally different vibe. No, would you agree? Or would you say from being there, they're edgy or is the vibe the same as New York? So, okay. LA and New York, the hustle is the same. They may have, the, the hustle is the same. Like they may just choose to hustle a little differently, but the hustle is the same. They work they're there. It's like, it may not, they hustle just differently here but it may not be like new york go 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 fast pace fast pace but they're doing the same thing they want to get ahead they want to keep grinding and re- achieving the, their goals but maybe that's because i'm at savage and it's more of a startup vibe and these are the people i'm around in fashion but you know we're all like super highly motivated individuals but the people that I've come across, I believe that they're a little bit more chill, a little bit more laid back, but they are excited. They have that drive that's going to like get them to where they want to go. It's similar to New York, but like, but not as, but they'll hang out with you, you know, like, I feel like in New York, like you're, they're too competitive to even want to like be your friend, you know, like here they'll be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. I've always wondered that because I had, when I was interested in fashion, I wanted to get into fashion design. So, you know, you do your research, you see what company you want to work for, you research the schools that you want to go to. And I stopped short of pursuing a career in fashion design because just like you mentioned that it's cutthroat and being on the West Coast, and you mentioning us being polite and nice uh, and being passive aggressive, I knew that I wouldn't be able to thrive in that environment. So just hearing your thoughts on that, do you feel that fashion, the, the industry that has to be cutthroat? I just don't get it. Like I don't see why <laughs> and how many people can continue to be in that environment when you know obviously it's toxic can you share you know your thoughts and maybe your perspective on that yeah so I think um it's gonna come off toxic if you're not objective as a person if you are a designer that is super married and in love with your designs and you have a big ego and you can't sort of just listen to your teammates and listen to your design director and your leader and kind of like go with the direction of their vision and you feel like it should go your way then you're not being objective you're not thinking about the bigger picture and I think that's the biggest hiccup Um, the fashion industry doesn't have to be toxic I think it gets that rap because of the level of competition. Like even when I was applying to FIT, 
they probably had 2,000 applicants and only 200 seats. So it's super competitive. And that's just kind of the edge. So people like naturally, like if you're always competing, it's not always the most non-toxic. It's like, it could get toxic. It's like pretty normal, but I don't think the industry has to be like that. I think it could change. I think it could change by the way of a Seattle or um, a, a, like a chiller, more um, less competitive city. I think that could definitely help to your point. I always wondered like because I had that New York experience and I understood like I was in some really toxic environments like stuff that you didn't think would happen to like college kids like I did internships where like I was not paid or like I did things that I'd never thought I would do on an internship you know and that's kind of what makes it toxic is a unpaid internships and to not treating your interns fairly and respecting their time. And because there's like a lack of respect for people's time, that creates the toxicness in the industry. It's not so much, oh, New York, da 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 da. It's just when people's, it's, it all comes from ego. Like, you know, work, I worked for a brand where the, it was such a big ego. They were, you know, working with high profile celebrities that they didn't care how they treated me. But my biggest thing is always treat people well because you just never know. You never know where your intern is gonna go. They could end up being the next biggest designer or something. So that's why I always believe in treating people fairly and never burning a bridge. Even if it, even if you are an intern, like who cares, you know? Like you could be my like, um, you could, we could be, you could be my manager or we could be peers. So I don't ever, I don't, I think that's where the toxicness comes from is just ego after ego, creating brands and thinking they're the best and not being held accountable for their actions. There's a lot of designers out there and brands who rip rip off other designers rip off small designers like if I were to start a brand I would see people copying my stuff and then not giving me credit and things like that and I think there's just the lack of respect which creates the toxic environment um but it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be like that it it could all change if there was more laws in place to help to keep people accountable, like more intellectual property laws um, that A, protected designs. And then also if there were laws to, more laws to protect interns and their integrity too. I think there are now more, but when I was interning, no. (laughs) So moral of the story, you know, going back to the question about Seattle and whether or not you can have that stereotypical um, career here. And if it can be a capital, fashion capital of the world, the answer is no, because we aren't as cutthroat and we culturally, we just don't have, you know, the same sort of vibe that LA and New York have. Yeah? Yeah. Is that the consensus? Yeah. I think it's resources too. Like, you know, like the best schools are in New York. 
right? So New York naturally is the number one for fashion in the US. And then LA has some good schools too. So I think naturally that's just like, you know, you're gonna kind of like, it's just gonna gravitate towards those cities. Um, so, you know, New York is just, yeah. I think Seattle won't be until they have more of the resources. And if it was to, if the pendulum was to switch to, to move towards more of a fashion vibe there, I think there would have to be some brands that start there, you know, like some indie niche brands and then also a bigger brand. Like, I don't think as big as Nordstrom, but like something big, if they were based out of there, it could really change the game. Okay. <laughs> we have some homework. Yeah. <laughs> With many accomplishments under your belts, a career and experience spanning years and miles, uh, what's next for you? What's next for me is I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. And on top of that, I'm going to mentor. That's gonna be a really big part of my career. And I want to uh, bring people together and make it easier for black and brown young children, like middle school, high school, even early college age. I want to make it more accessible for them to have a seat at the table um, at these big fashion companies uh, in corporate because it's important for them to be represented. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make it my mission to <clears throat> take on mentees and also continue to be mentored myself by some amazing leaders. And I, I really want that to be my trajectory for the next, for the rest of my life. If I can just mentor and grow people, <clears throat> that's what's important to me. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. It's not so much like, I wanna like keep, I wanna like, climb the corporate ladder yes great that's amazing because I see myself as a leader I don't I see myself leading a team that's completely how I see myself my life going in terms of career but addition to that I want to mentor and I can mentor my team of, of course in the future but I want to mentor specifically in the black communities that need it you know a lot of um Black kids, they ha they don't have uh, a parent, parental figures, or someone in their life to keep them going and pushing them. And I want to be that person. You know, maybe it's not fashion for them, but maybe I can introduce them to what that looks like because they don't teach that in school. They don't teach you how to be a fashion designer, or they don't really make it a possibility. So it's a combination of art and business. That's what fashion design is. So at least that's how I see it. So I would like that to be more accessible to kids. Like, you know, we have all these great STEM programs in schools. However, um, when I was in school, it was just fine arts. That's the only art program I had. And then I think I had, there was like a graphic design class, but anything fashion related, I had to go out on my own. And I took pre-college classes at FIT and Parsons for years because I was like, well, there's no resources in school. So I had to go out on my own and figure it out. 
So I want to like make that, and that's not necessarily accessible. There's a cost to that. I want to make it a lot more accessible so that I can like help people who kids who, yeah, maybe they do want to be a fashion designer, but they don't have the resources. How can I push them? How can I help them to go where they want to go? So that's what I'm really excited about next is, you know, building my career at Savage and going on and continuing that and mentoring. It's really important to me. Yeah, that's awesome, Larissa, especially, you know, paying it forward, right? But also helping other people who might feel like like you did in Seattle, being a fashion outcast, right? And helping to navigate that space. I think that's also important. So for those interested in learning more about you and your work, where can they go to find you? Yeah, so they can find me um, on Instagram. My Instagram is um, at N-O-R-I dot W-I. And then um, for anyone who wants to talk more or, you know, is interested in me mentoring them or learning more about what I do or um, my trajectory so far in the fashion industry, um, they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, which is my full name, Narissa White hyphen Isaacs. And just reach out to me there and or Instagram DM me. Happy to help. Um, happy to make connections with anyone. Thank you so much, Narissa, and everyone for taking the time to kick back and be conscious with us. Make sure to follow at The Conscious Cut on your favorite social media platform and share one thing you would like to do to become more sustainable. And while you're at it, let us know what you think about Seattle as a fashion capital. Is it a yay or a nay? Then stay tuned for the next episode to hear how fashion designs can stop with the hate and just appreciate. Mark your calendars for October 6, 2021. Until then, bye world. Bye world. Thank you.